Hello and welcome to the Founders Mafia podcast. This is the show where you get a glimpse into the crazy reality of startups. In this show, we chat with amazing founders from all over the world to learn how entrepreneurs turn their ideas into reality and the lessons they learned while doing that. Without further ado, I am your host, Eric Zhu, and let's jump right in. So hello and welcome to the Founders Mafia podcast. Today we have Tyler Konansky. Tyler is a previous consultant at Wells Fargo Advisors and a University of Arizona grad. Uh, grad. He's also the CEO and co-founder of Soul Collective, uh, which is a groundbreaking crypto blockchain startup. Soul Collective is a culture-driven charitable fundraising platform utilizing blockchain technology and meaningful partnerships to further the engagement of donors and the impact of giving. So without further ado, uh, let's have Tyler introduce himself and his startup. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, like, like you said, I, I am a recent graduate of the University of Arizona, um, majored, majored in economics with a minor in finance here, and my co-founder actually also also went to the University of Arizona as well. Um, we just started working on Selective about three months ago, so we're definitely are in the early stages, but we've been gaining just a lot of traction. We're, we've been able to partner with the University of Arizona Center for Innovation um, Incubation Program and really been just growing from there. So that's a brief introduction on myself. Um, I'm from the Los Angeles area. Um, in general, and we'll be moving Selective back to Los Angeles in about a month or so. Sounds great. So how, how did you come up with the idea for Selective? Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny. Um, I, I, we weren't too, me and my co-founder weren't too um, ver- well-versed in the crypto world um, in the beginning, but we had been doing a lot of research and kind of different use cases of NFTs. And this was a lot, uh, a lot when, um, some of these some of these big bigger nft collectible purchases were occurring and we began to see a lot a big use case for kind of the philanthropic side of nfts and not so much looking at these as solely a, just a large donation collectible moment but using nfts as somewhat of a vehicle to drive community donations um in a sense crowdfunding cycles and things of that nature um at the same time uh, again you see um, NFTs in the sector today, a lot being utilized kind of by big public figure, figures um, posting content that they've already profited off of, um, whether that be digital media or exclusive experiences, things of that nature, um, and really being able to drive these really high prices for this new digital, um, unique digital ownership opportunity. So we really saw um, a huge opportunity for, in addition, um, public figures to kind of maximize their celebrity status by um, utilizing NFTs um, to support nonprofits that they're a part of. Um, in addition, kind of for the nonprofit um, nonprofit sector, Philanthropic is a, a charitable fundraising platform at its core. So, um, in terms of in terms of that, um, this whole this whole uh, this whole blockchain technology is really drawing for nonprofits in terms of the transparency, the increased longevity um, of donations and things of that nature. So we really kind of saw, especially in today's society, kind of this this intersection between tech and um, the, the where we are right now in the kind of social impact organization 
um, donation cycles, and we really saw a great opportunity here for what Selective wants to accomplish. So, uh, so a few questions. Um, so, how did you get started? Um, started with crypto, and like, what what do you see your current role in the crypto ecosystem, and how has this like grown in the past few months and years? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we uh, initially gotten started with um, crypto, obviously just with kind of investing and really getting getting to know kind of the the whole environment. Um, but in terms of Selective itself, um, we began really trying to see what type of blockchain would really fit best and what would work best for the platform that we're trying to build build right now. And so right now we are building on the Flow blockchain. If you guys are um, familiar with that, um, obviously backed by Dapper Labs, and that's what um, NDA Topshot is built upon. Um, we we have some really close relationships with Dapper Labs at this point. We're exploring kind of some co-marketing opportunities moving down the line, but we were just really drawn to Flow um, just due to its uh, proof of stake um, me- mechanisms and as well as kind of the environmentally friendly. Um, version just based on based on that proof of stake um, mechanism and so so that 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 was really one of the main main draws to flow and that's kind of that's kind of a little bit to answer that question yes so yeah it sounds great but so like how how are you making uh revenue uh with this with this yeah yeah so but uh, we are we are kind of operating like I was saying, kind of this two sided marketplace because Selective is going out and partnering with nonprofit organizations that are really looking to utilize kind of the online space to really increase their donor engagement and um, drive further revenue streams. So on one side, we'll be partnering with these nonprofit organizations and creating in a way these nft collections um dedicated kind of to the movements behind these nonprofits. and like i was saying these nfts aren't going to be in the traditional sense collectibles but more so crowdfunding vehicles that uh users are really going to be able to integrate into their social medias um their social medias and be able to draw in kind of their family family and friends as well um as well to kind of a join this donation goal on our platform and so the way selective is going to be making revenue is that we are charging kind of a service fee to the user on every transaction that's a big thing for us and it's a little differentiating from some of these other online charitable fundraising platforms um, that are out there today Um, if you think of platforms maybe somewhat like omaze things of that nature they really take a lot of money away from the philanthropic organizations and that's kind of that kind of contributes to the questions surrounding okay where's the money actually going and that kind of uh is another big problem that selective is really trying to solve is you know that transparency and knowing where your donation is going and really giving to give and knowing that none no money is getting taken out of that donation um for the company that's processing all of this so that's that's a little bit how we're we're going to be making money initially and of course we are kind of exploring um some additional kind of subscription subscription models moving down the line and there's definitely definitely a lot of um kind of small pivots that we can make down the line um but that initially we will be kind of just charging a service fee uh to the to every uh donor on our platform yeah, that's super interesting. Um, so, h- how do you like see yourself in like uh, ten years? 
Yeah, so we we honestly, me and my co-founder, we're really in in this for the long run. Obviously, um, who knows if we will still will be with Selective um, in ten years? But we just right now see such an opportunity to really try to re-inspire online donations, especially kind of for this younger generation. Um, we've we've been kind of throwing this term around a lot lately, and that's kind of like that empty activism that's really prevalent kind of in today's today's age, especially I think in kind of our generation, a lot of people really using their voice on their social media platforms and posting about causes they care about, which honestly, at the end of the day is extremely important. But we're trying to bridge that gap between that empty activism, activism and kind of individual donations. So kind of re-inspiring this incentive to actually financially give to the causes you care about and really kind of putting the power back in the hands of the individual to create change in terms of adding um, users users to their NFT um, in this case. And so I just think right now there's a huge opportunity um, in terms of kind of just like I've been saying, re-inspiring this generation for online giving. And so uh, we, me and my co-founder, we really just see um, a lot of a lot of room in this nonprofit space to move forward. And we, we plan to kind of be in this space at the intersection of tech and nonprofit fundraising for a while. And we have a lot of a lot of really, really cool ideas uh, moving forward, but we're very excited in kind of these initial steps with Selective. Yeah, that, that sounds super amazing. So how, how did you learn like all, all this stuff? Or like did, did college uh, give you experience in, and get you interested in crypto or blockchain? Or like you learned from books, podcasts? Like like where where did you learn all of this? And how did you... You know, say, uh, how did you decide to, to go into this industry? Yeah, I would say, honestly, it's a big combination of all that college podcasts, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, things of that nature. Um, I, I also would say kind of in general, getting into this business and really, really wanting to pursue a startup really kind of was kind of let, let up kind of through my life experiences. I've kind of uh, I grew up kind of moving around a ton, always being immersed in kind of new environments. Um, even even kind of in the, my college experience, I actually attended like three different colleges. I started out at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon, and then transferred to a community college in LA and then ended up at the University of Arizona. So really always in, in kind of new situations and um, really trying to take the most of new opportunities. So that's really kind of what drove me to um, kind of pursue this startup full, full all in kind of from the start. And of course, it, it also was in part to um, a lot of support around me in terms of some of my family uh, are past entrepreneurs and really in the startup world as well. So that really kind of was a big encourager as well as kind of my co-founder um, also was really, really trying to um, build something himself. And so that that was really a big draw to this. We really wanted me and my co-founder both kind of as as I've been saying, like we both recently graduated from the University of Arizona and we both did have kind of these bigger corporate jobs set up afterwards. And at the end of the day, we really decided, okay, well, we really want to build something ourselves. And we see a huge opportunity to make a change um, in this, in this, um, in this way. And so that's, that's kind of really what drove us to start this and kind of not look back. And ever since then, we've just been uh, snowballing from there. And it's been a great experience. Nice. So, 
this is a question from Edmund is, uh, how would you advise someone that knows nothing about crypto or blockchain to basically get involved? Yeah, like, honestly, I literally just dive into the materials um, that are available on the internet, learning about kind of the, the how to build decentralized applications, what goes into that. Um, and and there's just so much material out there um, that's available. I know, especially in, in our case with Selective, as I was saying, we're utilizing the Flow blockchain. And they just, if you go on the Flow website, they just have a ton of materials um, really detailing kind of all the technical details of why they built Flow, what's different, um, things of that nature really helped us get a great understanding of um, different processes in, in general kind of in this space. And in addition, I think really bringing, trying to find some type of mentor in this field um, to bring alongside you to really uh, kind of deepen that connection and knowledge of the space was really important. We actually were able to find um, one individual who's actually, we're actually bringing on as our CTO here in about two weeks. Um, but he actually had, uh, he had some experience running an international like blockchain incubation program and had built a couple um, decentralized applications before. And so that really kind of assisted in um, filling some of those knowledge gaps that we had. But definitely, I think in general, just there's so many opportunities um, out there to dive into a lot of the material online. Yeah, definitely. That sounds extremely interesting. Um, yeah. So well, one of the questions, this is a pretty common one, is uh, if you could choose you know, three people from the past or present, who would it be uh, to have lunch with? Three people from the past or present. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, that that that's a. That, there's just so many so many names coming to mind <laughs> right now. Um, let's see. I think a probably a pretty pretty common answer, pretty funny and common answer might be like Elon would be a great person to have lunch with. Um, obviously, really want to really want to talk to. Warren Buffett as well. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to pick his brain about, obviously he's kind of been a big um, naysayer of kind of the crypto world and I've kind of had a pass in, I was originally going into wealth management um, and financial advising. So I love to kind of, and so I did look up to him on kind of the stock market side of in, investing. And so I'd love to kind of pick his brain about kind of the crypto market as a whole right now. Um, Another big, another big kind of influence, and um, someone that I've kind of looked up to a lot um, in terms of um, in terms of kind of some of these past endeavors that I've gone into and in kind of the social social impact scene was Sean Thompson, who a lot of people might not be too familiar with, but he he was in the '70s and '80s, one of the biggest pro surfers in the world, and then actually transitioned his life into um, starting multiple nonprofit organizations and really creating this huge impact in kind of the, the surf and ocean uh, protection community. And although that might sound like a random name, he just has uh, so, so much knowledge and information. I'd, I'd love to I'd love to sit down with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and some is like, uh, what are some troubles you like faced um to getting where you are and how did the beginning like like and we're like there are people that that were doubting on you 
uh, when you were building this? Yeah, yeah. That I think one of the one of the biggest struggles um, would kind of would honestly be getting over that fact that I think initially we were doubting. Me and my co-founder were doubting ourselves, which kind of just our lack of technical technical experience. Because um, we, although we kind of did have, although we did have kind of some knowledge in terms of um, different different languages and kind of building building simple applications there's no way we could build something of this scale and so kind of having that lack of technical experience and really not being in the blockchain field for too long um that that definitely contributed to some kind of negative thinking on our end but i think at the end of the day um just really being able to bring bring alongside some some really valuable mentors and advisors who are going to lead you in the right direction that ended up being a really big game changer for us. So are you guys nonprofit? So we actually aren't nonprofit, but we will, we are, our main focus is partnering with nonprofit organizations, but we, we are a for-profit company. So why are you partnering with nonprofit companies? Yeah. So we're partnering with these nonprofit organizations so that they can create verified profiles on our platform and in a sense use our platform as a new way to engage a new um, audience of donors, um, especially those donors that are kind of going to be in this younger generation and that have kind of lost faith in this system of just individual online donations. And so we're partnering with these nonprofit organizations. Um, and so with which with each nonprofit organization uh, a fundraiser will be launched dedicated to kind of the movement be behind their organization and we will be partnering with nonprofits from a variety of sectors but end of the, at the end of the day we really want this platform for uh to be very freestanding after after we go through our initial betas and launch but be a very freestanding platform to where nonprofit organizations will be able to create their profiles and launch launch fundraisers um, utilizing kind of some of our NFT um, templates um, in terms of kind of the for smart contract format and the whole um, the whole flow of the platform and that so that that's a little bit why we're partnering with these nonprofit organizations and they, they really are kind of the whole basis of this platform. Nice. So I know that crypto is like incredibly new. Um, and like you said, there are like naysayers like Warren Buffett who are against this whole crypto movement. So what do you have to say uh, about that? And do you think that crypto is a future? Um, and how do you think that we would change the mind of those people who are saying no or doubting this uh, crypto market? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and honestly, um, of course, kind of being being in this in this business and in, in this sector, I do believe in kind of the longevity of the of crypto and blockchain, and especially, I think we are kind of obviously at the very, very, very early stages of kind of seeing the applications and use cases of of not only NFTs but just so many, so many different, um, so many different um, abilities of of the blockchain technology. And so, uh, I do, I do kind of believe in the longevity of this. And then, in terms of kind of the selective platform though, we we really see the NFT as kind of the means to the end goal for our platform. So 
we don't really want to put too much emphasis on this and that's again contributing to the fact that we kind of want to remove this confusing stigma surrounding some of these decentralized applications and crypto backed um crypto backed companies so in terms of like our process like again like i said we're building on flow and we're really going to be accepting like fiat and cryptocurrency payments um to where you're be, you're going to be able to pay with with either and um how that how that works is basically you'll you'll buy a certain coin on our platform but you can use um you can use your credit card or a cryptocurrency wallet so that that again is going to kind of contribute to removing that confusing stigma um and again that also is going to really do with kind of our branding and our social media outreach we really want this um, to be something where people are aren't really afraid to use it in a sense, and kind of I think that the masses right now kind of still have that question that that questioning around kind of the whole NFT market. Yeah, that that's extremely interesting. Um, but one of the questions I had is, how did you get into into like being an entrepreneur? Um, and you know, how did you start? start being that like how are you going to go like oh i'm going to start a company yeah and how was like early early um tyler uh being yeah definitely um i i feel like obviously kind of that cliche answer but i i kind of grew up kind of with that drive whether just starting little businesses as as i was growing obviously nothing nothing to scale at all but um in addition i i did i was kind of like an athlete my whole life and i did play college football um for a while and i think a lot of a lot of my coaches a lot of my mentors really talked about the transition from kind of that athletic career into the business world and i think that that really contributed so like once my athletic career was done i was really looking for another sense of fulfillment of um really using my talents and kind of seeing that end result occur and it really are so many kind of parallels between um between kind of athletics especially on that level and um kind of the whole startup and building your own business and so that once once i kind of got immersed in this world it's kind of just just stuck in it and just loving loving every moment of it um so that's that's definitely a little bit what kind of fueled this kind of entrepreneurial drive um in addition um i'm lucky to have gone to the university of arizona and uh, a part of the eller college of management they have a great um great entrepreneurship program and multiple clubs and resources um, here at the university. So I, I also was able to kind of immerse myself in those um, throughout my time here. So what was like your first startup um, that you, you've ever made? Uh, and, and did it like succeed or, you know, quote unquote succeed or did it, you know, fail? And, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a, on a really... On, on kind of like a real basis, Selective would really be the main first startup that I've, that I've started. And obviously, we kind of haven't seen if that will succeed or fail yet. We are kind of we are still in our seed funding stages and completing kind of the build of this build of this prototype currently. Um, but other than that, I did have kind of some side little reselling businesses um, with 
kind of apparel and shoes, things of that nature and different utilizing different e-commerce sites. And, and those, those obviously, I don't think obviously would ever classify as a full, full blown startup, but definitely kind of learned kind of some of the processes of gaining customers and kind of the whole marketing side of things. And so that was definitely a successful experience. And I think it'll translate into hopefully the success of selective, um, but definitely a ton of moving parts and, um, very excited though with with the direction that we're moving definitely so was there ever like a failed startup that you've made um or, or there wasn't any yeah honestly no not not yet this this is kind of my my first big endeavor <laughs> nice so uh this next question is from nick he wants to know about the the minting fees uh when it comes to this yeah yeah so right now um selective we will be covering the minting fees um, for the nonprofit organizations that we that we work with um, and right now the minting fees on flow are very 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 minimal um I want to say uh, yeah it's like let like 0.00001% um, so that that's obviously a big differentiating factor than some of those gas fees on ethereum um, and other other um, other blockchains so right now kind of that minting fee is used as a placeholder for flow um, currently as they are kind of a new blockchain a lot of development still still occurring daily so that number we do expect to go up it's never going to reach those high high like fifty dollar gas fees um, that that sometimes occur with with ethereum but um but we we do expect that kind of that that minting minty cost to to go up in the future. Yeah. Um. And, and so, like, uh, as I heard that you guys like are are in the middle of your seed, right? We are. We are. Yeah. So, uh, are you guys funded yet, or um, so, are you guys so, still talking? Yeah. So right. So right now, we we are still talking. We do have a couple. Um, we're we have some couple a couple really promising um, investors that kind of also double as public figures that we plan to utilize um, as partners on our platform. Um, but but other than that, we 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 we're really kind of progressing in talks with a few different angels. Um, we do kind of have an initial kind of family and friends funding to really help the build of kind of this MVP type prototype and we are in the early stages of that but we're, we're we're kind of in the in the midst of the seed funding we're looking to kind of um kind of close this round and kind of reach kind of our funding funding goal by like august 1st and that's that's really when we're going to be able to make some make some key hires and really progress towards kind of the beta launch of our platform so if, if you can turn back to when you were like 18 or even younger than that maybe like 13, what would you tell yourself um, back then? Yeah, I, in, in terms of kind of, in terms of kind of the, the whole, and since, since starting Selective, I think if, if I were to kind of look at it from that point of view, um, if I were to tell myself back then, I think the main thing would really be like get involved in coding, get involved in computer science, things of that nature, and really immerse yourself in a variety variety of um, academic fields. Um, I was always very, very kind of honed in on kind of economics and finance, um, very, very focused on that. And I kind of had a 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, this is, this is the path and this is exactly what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to go to college, graduate, um, get a job in wealth management, work my way up and go from there. And I think I kind of had that closed-minded closed-minded path I, in a sense um, for a little bit. And I, th I think that's, that's one thing that um, I would advise, I would advise not to do and really, really be able to open up your, open up your mind uh, to so many, so many opportunities out there. And I think especially right now, um, especially after COVID with all these kind of remote working opportunities, there's just so much, so much opportunity right, right now for kind of this younger generation. Um, and it's crazy how like, in, in a sense, like, at, at the stage we are right now, age has never um, mattered really less. And so you, you can really do, do anything from such a young age kind of online, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, starting your company, building something yourself. Um, you really can get started from such a young age. So I think that would be, that would really be kind of one of my, the biggest advice I'd give myself is kind of just don't limit yourself or don't, think that you have to like finish or meet certain milestones to kind of start building something because it's actually like pretty funny i mean um here um while i was while i started building selective i was still still a student here at the university of arizona um and it was it was pretty funny when when kind of building this company and most of the questions i was having things i things i needed to research they were all all that material was just online i didn't go back to a lot of the things I had learned in my in my classes or materials that were um, given to me from some professors, things of that nature. And so really just shows kind of that opportunity that you really do have everything in front of you. Yeah. So what would your parents describe on what you are you're doing as a living? What was that? So what would your like parents describe on what you're doing as a living? Yeah. So um uh, I guess in terms of describing it, uh, it obviously kind of working with it in this startup environment and really building something um, for myself. But they've been they've been extre extremely extremely supportive. Um, my dad my dad has been in the startup community for a while. Right now, he's working um, with a, a couple a couple companies kind of in the space industry. So he was he was just really excited about kind of this opportunity um, in this space. And so and so that was great to kind of have their support. Definitely. Um, and one last question I had was if you had, I just say a hundred thousand more, uh, what would you do, uh, to, to selective or selective? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we would, we would really be able to bring on another, um, we're looking for kind of a chief marketing officer right now that really has, really has a lot of depth of experience kind of in the in the kind of the culture driven community driven environment especially relating to kind of the the social media scene and so we're really looking to for a kind of an experienced um chief marketing officer and i think that in that extra addition um would really prove to go a long way in kind of building this brand and contributing to that removal of the confusing stigma surrounding some of these applications and really um, bringing out kind of the whole goal of selective is and really kind of um, create meaningful change and re-inspiring, um, turning kind of activists into donors. Um, and so I think I think some key hires along along those lines are really going to contribute to um, successfully launching and building this company.
All right, definitely. Um, and this is like the final one. Uh, what do you think of uh, Dogecoin? Dogecoin, honestly, <laughs> I, I, that, that's a sore topic because <laughs> I, I, I remember like two years ago, um, two, a year and a half, two years ago, one of my buddies was like, "Oh, like look at look at Doge. Like let's let's all throw, uh, let's all throw like ten dollars in or something like that." And that was when I, I don't even know the exact price, but it was so 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 minuscule. And I ended up kind of throwing even more money in along the line, along the line, and then for some reason just took it out because I stopped believing in in Doge. And then obviously you see what happened. Um, in the past few months so that was that was kind of a bummer but definitely definitely kind of still still believe in some of the use cases for doge and it's pretty cool to see um how elon is uh elon musk is contributing to kind of uh the development team so i'm kind of excited to see see where it goes and if there ends up being some really really actual kind of successful use case of it <laughs> definitely um got it so this was absolutely amazing like as a person who didn't understand crypto a lot uh i think doing this fireside has taught me like way more uh and you know after this i'm definitely gonna look up on on some things and go ahead and do some research so thanks a lot and i'm uh i'm pretty sure that people listening had 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 the same experience um so you know thank you thank you so much for for coming on this fireside yeah of course eric yeah thank you so much um great talking to you and i think you really you really asked some really really cool prompting questions as well so looking forward to kind of listening in on these future firesides with some other founders and yeah and every everyone for listening um thank you so much i love, love being a part of this yeah thank you so much for coming on all right i'm gonna end the stage um once again thank you so much for uh joining us yep have a good one eric all right have a good one see you guys